Metro FM talk here on the Mighty Metro. We check in with the latest out in the capital markets and in company news. Joined on the line to take a look at the latest here by Makwe Masilela, Chief Investment Officer and Founder out at Makwe Fund Managers. Lochan Masilela, uchame gushe? Ah, the day I learn is travel, I'm telling you guys. I'm telling you. Mark, uh, a lot, a lot by way of company news. And I want us to start off tonight with cash build. You know, you and I spoke many times uh, during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic, 2020-2021. And whenever we spoke about some of these ones that are involved in home care or building supplies, it was just blowing the lights out or ital tile or cash build, you know. I mean, and this time around, it seems the nice fat profit margins seem to be thinning somewhat. Uh, What do you make, I guess, of the numbers they've put out and uh, also... I guess the rationalization, uh, culling some of their stores and uh, making an exit out of Zambia as well. I guess it was expected, and hence the market reaction. I mean, as you rightly say, these guys, I mean, your typical uh, customers or your own builders or improvers, stuff like that. And we know that, number one, people couldn't go anywhere. So that extra cash that you were supposed to use to mm. go out or on holiday, you had to improve. You have work or study from home. And number two, the likes of cash that we know that many doing cash. And now you also have people who are doing, I prefer to call it lay by. You know, you pay, you pay, you pay, when you're done, you go and take your stock and you go and build. And you see now lately, I mean, in the semi rural or just in the outskirts, you know, I don't know what it's villages or what. You also have these uh, tribal authorities giving out land to people. And you see people are building very beautiful houses, you know. And also that more than I think even the provincial government, especially here in Jordan, they wanted to adopt that, that let these people service the state so that people can build for themselves. My point is there has been an update on the building side, on the improvement side, and people didn't have much of a choice not being able to go to restaurants or holidays or others only started to realize when they start spending more time at home that, hey, you know what, we need to improve X, Y, Z. So when people go back to normality, it's expected that they don't have that kind of money to spend. And anyway, I'm a big window, so you can only put in so many. You know, you cannot forever have cars your house. You cannot forever build that extra room or put time. You know, and it's not something that you do year in, year out. If you have improved, then perfect. You might have to wait for, I don't know, four or five years before you repaint your house. So it's that kind of spending. And also those ones who are building their own houses because they were given some tribal lands. Because it was open to cash built. Cash built is well, well, well positioned. you find cash built in all these areas. You can safely begin to some point. He must be competing with post office. He might as well pay salsa payments because he's there, you know, when mm. you really want that. So also the unrest apparently they had an impact, you know. Mm. And like you said, they've closed some of the shops, stuff like that. But as it stands now, I mean the guys have got over three hundred and I mean they're taking three hundred and sixteen shops. I mean not too bad. I mean mm. that is not just a small shop to open, it's not as power. So yeah. 
to see their profits going down a certain and it's per share by 39%, dividends almost down to the 2%, revenue down. I think it was kind of expected. Mm. And, and you know, yeah, yeah, go ahead, Mark. If you see they are getting cash equivalents, though it decreased by 8%, I mean, the guys are speaking just over a billion. But I mean, what, what would you do with that? If you are that cash flush and you can see that I, the outlook for the next while doesn't, you know, doesn't look good for just my main lines of business, what do you do? And maybe the guys will say they'll continue to do some store expansions, relocations when necessary, refurbishment strategies in a very controlled manner. And there are two things. I will reward long-term shareholders by doing some share buybacks, especially if I feel that my share price is undervalued. Mm. I can pay special dividends as well to reward the likes of Aya who are just in and out kind of tight. But I think you owe it to a long-term investor who've been there with you forever. Can you know? Yeah, you see, long-term shareholders will include your workers as well because they should <laughs> yeah. be behaving an employee share scheme. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, I guess the other thing, just before we close off on this one, is, you know, when you look at uh, a player like Cash Build um, and the prospects going forward, I mean, I, I, I'm taking a bit of a pessimistic view here, uh, but if a few things were to happen, I mean, one, an aggressive infrastructure build process would kick off, uh, they'd probably see a lot more contractors walking through the door looking for, you know, fiber boards, looking for uh, concrete and looking for all manner of other things. Yeah, definitely the way. And that's also key. And just even in a normal economic recovery, you know, forget about those big infrastructure things because people might start buying directly, you know, from the main supplier. People will go to PPC, you know, if you've got this large contract, they've got those buying lines. But just in mere uptick, you know, when it comes to the economy, if you make sure that business or consumer confidence starts picking up, then people will start spending gold on. Mm, mm. And then Woolworths uh, put out some numbers. Uh, and uh, I guess, yeah, you know, it seems uh, things are looking better on that fashion, beauty, and home side of things. A few years ago, we were saying uh, their designs are just not hitting the right, you know, tune. Um, and that was showing in the numbers. It seems there's a resurgence underway. But uh, also, I guess... Um, if you look at some of those margins, I mean, uh, it seems that uh, much, much, you know, healthier margins on that end than what we're seeing out in the world of the food business, where without electricity, you're probably going to be spending a lot more on diesel to just keep your stuff cold. Oh, yeah, you guys are going out now. The food ball, so it makes sense. Food ball. Yes, you know, it makes sense that demand will pick up. It makes sense that the guys are no longer having a lot of markdowns that are concentrating on full price and hence that price movement of 10.8%. It's just normal, you know, unlike before. And food sales not yet shooting out the lights, but you can still out there, go out there and buy their wooly chicken. You can see sales up 95.4, but look at that price movement. And that talks about competition, that the likes of ShopRite are also starting to eat their lunch. They are no longer at liberty to just increase prices the way they used to. It's 6.8%, and that's below the product inflation pay of almost 8.4%. And while writings are turning around, it comes to road sales, is doing up okay. Interim dividends increase nightly. Remember, they're selling that troublesome uh, 
the Jones thing uh, in Australia, and Australia itself, with the lockdowns being removed, you see a lot of people going back to the malls. Hence, there's an uptick when it comes to the brick and mortar sales, and where the child into your online. They are no longer contributing as much as they used to do. Profit is expected to see them going up because the attitude of consumers has changed. And it makes sense because it's no longer just about food, unlike during COVID. If you remember the results during COVID, food continued to do worse because that's what they were allowed to say. Mm. Even looking to their finance, their financial services book, an increase of 7.2% because you guys are spending. And by the way, these guys when they spend on their cash, they ask how much do I owe? But the 800 grand, they pay that 800 grand right there at the team and use it immediately. Hasn't the mal, Mark? I need a mal, man. No, but they pay the they pay the account and they use the very same account that they've just paid, and then they've got new accounts in another credit card, so that helps mm-hmm. their book to look okay. But that account is That's what people use it. Is this Woolworths Financial Services still the JV with APSA? Because it seems they're just blowing the lights out here. That doing very well. And sure. I think at, at some point, I think they have to fall into the footsteps of ShopRite. Mm. Remember ShopRite, what they're trying to do with their money market, applying for licenses, stuff like that. It might work well for them going forward. Mm. Mm. Yeah, let's, let's leave Woolworths and I think, I mean, a, a good showing there. Uh, by all most measures, and uh, I think some of my concerns are in that food business, which um, I guess historically has uh, really, when times were bad in their fashion, beauty, and home business, that that was carrying them. Um, and I guess things also set to open up out in Australia and New Zealand as well, uh, as uh, things uh, return to some semblance of normal uh, following some of the uh, lockdowns there. But um, Transnet port terminals, I mean, uh, not always where we hear some good news. On the part of Transnet, I mean, we were speaking about the log jams out in Richards Bay yesterday. Uh, and uh, I guess it seems the more things open up, um, the more the challenges come up, you know, uh, notwithstanding exceptional performance according to Transnet port terminals. But uh, it seems more of the bulk or break bulk volumes are up and also the automotive terminals very, very busy. And so too are, you know, uh, I guess refrigerated containers that export uh, many of the fruit and other agricultural products that we produce here in South Africa. And then it makes sense because look into the automotive, they expect to handle more than 825,000, you know, fully built vehicles. Mm. And the point is, and it talks to that program, that we managed to get right as government, that our automotive sector, the program thereof, that incentive scheme continues to blow out the lights. It's doing so well, hence, we're able to export so many vehicles, and hence, we always say, why don't you copy that model that you used when it comes to your automotive to copy it into other sectors? So it's not surprising to see good that are also keeping the likes of Transnet busy. And remember your break, Lokuza, uh, bulk volumes. Here you're talking more about those things that you can put in individual counted units, you know, smaller kind of things in containers, bags, boxes, you know, cartoons, summer crates. Those are the things that move. We know that the likes of coal and the living challenges, stuff like that. But I know apparently as well, it's going to be doing okay. Sometimes I'm expecting to increase volumes, not to that part, but not yet.
at levels where they want to see themselves. And maybe the fact that with the new regulations, could they have been exempted, you know, stuff like that, when it comes to load shedding, and maybe it might help that productivity might continue in the country. And with the reopening of China, as we've seen with the PMI number today, that they made a rapid rebound, meaning demand might pick up. We might not lose out as much as we thought when it comes to the reopening of China and probably other Asian markets. And ultimately, that maybe will help our economy. And maybe the whole country then starts generating jobs. It's not only one province that is taking shine, that are the ones who created most jobs. Yeah, I guess, I mean, you know, the other question, Mark, certainly here is um, not just the ports themselves, because I think as we saw with the Richards Bay story, it's all of the other things that take you to the port. It's the, you know, fuel pipelines underground. It's the railway tracks that take, you know, much of this uh, very important cargo to the ports themselves. So the ports could be working and functioning quite well, modernized, digitized, and so on. Uh, But, uh, yeah, the cargo has to get there first. But what I picked up, and I know people think it's all doom and gloom, you know. Sentiment is kind of negative. The mood is not that right in the country. But... You know, there's a change of attitude when it comes to business now, like, yes, we expect us, Mr. Government, to create an environment to be conducive for us to do business. But for the fact that business now is no longer a question of talking, that we are prepared to work with with you, government, Mm. they are prepared now to stand up, because they are realizing that waiting for Mr. Government is going to take forever, and as that happens, who gets to be affected? The owners of the company, which are the shareholders, so you as executives, you rather be more creative. And I think, guys, they've got some lazy balance sheets, and those lazy balance sheets have been there before COVID. Remember how many billions were stored in banks? People saying that the strike or so whatever, when it comes to investing, meaning the guys were sitting on cash. Now, what do you do with that cash? You are unable maybe to buy other companies. You are like the cash bill. You cannot expand the way you want to expand. You might as well then put that cash somewhere you know, in the form. That's right. That mm. works for you. Partner with the government. You know whether you use your balance sheet to raise more capital to make sure that you get the rail to working, you get the infrastructure to be in place. I mean, we had Transnet at some point was even asking the mining companies to talk to those guys in China about those parts that they don't want to give them to try to maintain those locomotives. So business, I think there's a change of attitude mm. that they are prepared to get their hands dirty, not just to make money for themselves, but also to make sure that the environment, you know, is conducive for them. I think maybe that issue about lobby group is taking another shape. Mm. But you know what? You don't just lobby to change policies, but hey, just also fold your locusa and get involved. They lobby, they lobby against, you know. There's a difference sometimes, you know. There's people who lobby for stuff. And then these ones just come and say, no, you know, we're against Porsche Tapi. Porsche Tapi must do this. Hi, bo. Hi, bo, guys. Many corner go interview panel. Go back to the show. Hi, guys. I'm going to end up. Hey, hey, hey. But also, I, Mark, we're talking about being bullish. I, I, I've always, you know, found this company very interesting. They're not present here in South Africa, not that I'm aware of. It's called Airtel uh, Africa. It's uh, linked, of course, to uh, Sunil Mittal uh, and uh, one of uh, you know India's billionaires. 
And uh, they are saying their checkbook is ready for capital investment on the continent, 750 million US dollars worth. And uh, yeah, banking uh, intensely on, I guess, excuse the pun, banking the unbanked via their, you know, mobile money offering. You know, I, I like this line from this whole thing that we've got a lot more phones than debit cards. And that being the case, why don't you use the very same phones to get people to have banking services? For me, that makes perfect sense. And for the fact that we've seen the Vodacoms of this world, the MTNs with their Momo money, the M-Pesa, doing wonders when it comes to uh, the revenues of the parent companies, it just tells you that, you know, we might be here in South Africa not realizing how important this whole thing is, you know, of getting people to use their cell phones for banking. And now it starts to make sense why 98% of the new banks here in South Africa are more on digital, more than anything. Mm. Though the penetration is not as huge. Remember here we are still spoiled, you know, that we have a lot of brick and mortar. Also, I'm not sure if you've noticed, most of these bank branches, whether it's your big four or whatever, that closing branches getting to consolidate two branches, three branches into one, you know, and then they start leaving that other branch as a more of a service thing. Amatellas are no longer there, you know. All I'm saying that closing more of the brick and mortar banks or they reduce them. And also when you look into the charges, when you walk into a bank and try to deposit or withdraw cash from the teller, the charges there of are they are more than compared to withdrawing or depositing money from the machine, that forces you to try to use, you know, uh, what do you call it, e-technology, mm. and which is a good thing. But just on that point, Mark, I mean, I guess that that's become the model. You know, these guys, yeah. they're, they're, it's like, you know, banks have become a retailer slash bank slash all manner of things because the first thing they do, they want to minimize floor space, they want to minimize the number of people in the thing, and they then push all of us to a transaction channel that is on our phone, penalize you for using your non-phone transaction channels so that they can reduce their overheads and make profits. And I guess it goes back to the same thing, you know, about making profits without needing to employ warm bodies or people who are tellers. Um, And uh, I guess uh, that's what Airtel is wanting to invest in here, uh, a very high-margin type business, very, very overhead light. Yeah, and I think if you get governments who continue to promote cashless payments, you know, to expand commerce, that gives them the, the, all the reasons for them to say, listen, here's an opportunity, even the policies of that particular country allows us that we can expand. And, you know, people are no longer carrying cash, you know, so people are more into cashless. You've got so many modes of paying, mm. but at the point you are making is right that it, uh, it's an investment worth making, that listen, this is where you need to expand. Yes, Africa is the last frontier, but the penetration in Africa is very high because number one, we, people in our in other African countries never had the brick and mortar as many as we we have here, so they were not spoiled. So it's automatic and very easy for them to adjust and adopt, you know, that kind of model. So back home it might take some time, blah blah blah, but hey. Uh, that is easy because where else will you go? There's no bigger motor. When are you know, okay, I'll rush to the bank 
their lunch time. Hmm. I sense you are not rushing to the bank at lunch time. <laughs> just, just take that USSD code. Star what 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 star what 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 hash. Yeah. Send the money. But you, but you know, you know, technology as well has got its own disadvantages. Yes, indeed, uh, indeed. You're also exposing yourself. So at the same time, as they do that, they need to up the security. You know, because we know, you know, with the technology has got its own problems. And besides that, now can allow this load shading. Mm. Our technology is no longer reliable. You know, networks are no longer working the way they're supposed to work. And also, at the same time, as they do that, remember days before we, we used to think that telecom uh, companies will make lots of money from data instead of from voice. But for the fact that you've seen data prices going down and they continue to go down, it's more affordable. So it's easy for people to be able to use those mobile applications because data itself in other areas is free, in other areas it's just so cheap that people are able to use it. And I think maybe they must come to a point where some of this app, they don't have to require that. That will be great as well. Ah, but it's there, that thing. It, yeah. uh, trust these ones. These ones don't play. I mean, they, even there in India, they know it. They, it's there, those offerings. <laughs> so so it's coming. Uh, just like there's that uh, data-free version of that blue app. Uh, these yeah. ones have already tested it there in that uh, billion-strong market out in India. Markwe, let's yeah. leave it here for tonight, brother. As always, Pleasure ch- checking in with you, Siatogoza. Uh, yeah, Uhambe Gushe. Thank you. Chief Investment Officer and Founder out at Makwe Fund Managers.